I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. What happened? For a second. Your brain just went away? (laughs) I forgot what I call you. Oh, okay. See, I... The look on your face when I said, hello, my dove, and you react, I was like, isn't that what I always say? <laughs> so it sent me into a spiral, <laughs> and you went into a spiral. We spiraled together. We counter-spiraled and made a beautiful pattern. Okay. And that's love, baby. That's love, baby. That's what marriage is. Counter-spiraling. Counter-spiraling. <laughs> it's a double helix of panic. <laughs> that's the DNA of panic. Oh, hey. Oh, what? Yeah. So this week, uh-huh. we are, a uh, trigger warning, talking about alcohol. Okay. So okay. if that's not something that you want to hear us discuss, check out one of our thousands of other episodes. <laughs> thousands. Uh, you'll probably be able to tell from the, you know, yeah. the title, but just so everyone knows. I mean, some people could think that we were opening like a ballet class in your home. Oh, bar cart. Have, have a home bar. I used to have a home ballet bar. I loved it. It was great. I would love to hang clothes on it. Yeah, why did you do that? Because it was good. It's perfect. Is that, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's what it's built for. Okay. I used it more in college than I did after college. It's yeah. true. Yeah. That's, I, I could say the same about my liver. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go on to bar carts. Okay. Or so, home bars. Home, home bars. Home carts. And home, home bars and... Famous cocktails. You know, it's my dream, right? What? To like, I want like a bar. I have, I have a dream. Okay. Uh, of converting, um, like we had a somewhat finished basement that we had to redo the floor on, and now I want to turn it into like a old timey fantasy tavern that's like half a bar, half game room. And I've had that dream for about two years now. And ask me what progress I've made. None. You have a table. <laughs> Fair. Down there. But There's that a gaming table. That came, oh, I didn't even make that happen. So, but the point is, I have a dream. Also, as long as we're talking about it, can I tell you about a time I really messed up? Oh, all right. So when Justin and Sydney got married, mm-hmm. they were living in this house that had been Sydney's grandparents' house. And the grandparents passed away. So they were living in it, like, uh, but it was owned by, like, Sydney's aunt. Anywho. When they got married, I was like, there's a room in there where everybody hangs out. I'm going to build a bar for them. I did zero research mm. and like 2% planning. Mm-hmm. So while they were on honeymoon, I was watching the house. I'm like, they're gone for like two weeks. This is perfect. But I went into it with like no plan. <laughs> and no, and I made the bar way too tall. And no, no how. Didn't finish it. Like what didn't look finished. It was bad. It was too big. <laughs> it was not done. And, and not even like... Oh, I didn't finish building it. Like, I didn't have a finished plan for it. Like, what top was going to, I don't know. And, like, I just, but I was thinking, like, this is a great idea. And I went into it with, no, I, I blew it so hard. <laughs> and then that crappy bar sat there for, like, three years. Uh, and Until man, you guys, I don't until know. Until they moved. And then I don't know what happened to it. I, Who knows? I mean, it probably uh, is kindling. Probably. 
Probably. And what if it deserved even that? <laughs> Anyways, Justin, Cindy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. They're not, but okay, it's okay. Uh, so now that we're pretty much in the throes of summer here in the Western North Hemisphere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the perfect time for pool parties and cookouts and general tomfoolery, right? Oh, what? So here is how to create stock and show off your very own at-home bar. Okay. How to create. Just buy a bunch of stuff <laughs> at the hardware no, no, store. No, just start no, building no, my no, man. No, what no, could no. go wrong? No, brief history Put first. Put some, uh, like, some, uh, you know, st- what's that, hot, like, fat stuff on the front? Caught a tiki bar, dude, with a rough plywood top. Everybody loves that. Nobody listened to him. First of all, brief history. Home bars and bar carts are associated in the U.S. with the 70s. Um, but believe it or not, their history goes much farther back, even to the Victorians. I believe that. Um, now, they used to have tea carts because most Victorians, at least in public, were teetotalers. I mean, the high society espoused the, uh, what do I want to say? They they talked about the morals, the, the moral danger of drinking. And yet they also did it kind of at their own parties. You know well, what I mean? It's almost like. It's almost hypocrisy. like they were <laughs> It's almost like oh, what's the word? Hypocrisy. But um, these these carts were known as tea carts. Sure. Um and so it's it's a small table on wheels that has an upper and a lower shelf for serving tea and food, right? Um and they were quite popular really well into the 1930s, but then prohibition happened in the u.s and so these tea carts became bar carts because when the government tells you you can't have alcohol yeah that's all you want well especially uh it wasn't hard to get yeah um especially if you have money and so it just went from like drinking in public to drinking at home now i'm familiar with bar carts and tea carts as is any theater person Mm -hmm. because having a bar cart is a great way to anchor downstage laughter, downstage right. Right? Like, oh, you're doing a scene. It's uh, like you're doing Philadelphia Story. You're doing an Agatha Christie, perhaps. And you're like, I need an excuse for people to come downstage and have movement, right? And they can't keep going to the desk. Ah, a bar cart. Perfect. They'll mix a drink. That, like... I did, uh, uh, and then there were none. I was in it. I probably mixed 14 drinks in the course of that show. <laughs> My character should have been dead. <laughs> but not for the obvious reasons of the fact that it's a murder right. mystery. Yes. Just from cirrhosis. I remember in high school, we did um, we did Dracula, and there's a bar, uh, a scene, like the very first scene where they're mixing like a highball or something, mm-hmm. right? And it was very strange to me that... The director located the bar all the way upstage no. center. And I was like, why are we why are we doing that? Nobody ever went to it after that scene because it was all the way out of the you way. You put it downstage left or downstage right. That's where that goes. You put a bookcase upstage. They walk. We see the motion of them getting it's perfect. That's perfect. what you do up there. You put a desk. That can go about mid-stage left or mid-stage right. Somebody goes over, they lean on it, they sit on it, whatever you want it to. But that's how you create movement. Now, here's the thing. Gotta give people places to sit. Because right. if there's one thing I know about human beings, they love to sit. This has been a master acting class with Travis McElroy. Well, one time I was <laughs> in a show with this kid named Matt. He's a good dude. <laughs> but he was green. 
He was, he was fresh. Great. He was young. He was fresh, but he had that smolder in his eyes. Oh, he was a handsome boy. Oh, handsome boy. But he noticed, because there were a lot of freezes in this show, he was like, every time we do a freeze, you're sitting down with someone. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, one, I'm frozen, so I want to be comfortable. I was like, two, human psychology, dude. If someone can sit down, they sit down. And he came to me two years later, and he said, hey, ever since then... If my character has the chance to sit or lean, I take it. And you're right. It's the most like normal feeling thing. The character choice like, oh, I could sit. Yeah, man. Everybody loves sitting. <laughs> Anywho, this isn't important. <laughs> okay. So now the shelves of the carts that used to hold the tea accessories are now holding fancy liqueurs and glassware. Usually the like layout that. is like ice bucket on top, right? Okay. The uh, utensils. And glassware on, like, the top shelf. And then you have the bottles underneath, right? Indeed. Okay. indeed. Um, and, you know, they took off in popularity, especially in the U.S. in the mid-50s, right? Because we were uh, moving out to suburbia. Uh, maybe you couldn't make it to, like, maybe there wasn't a bar in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you didn't want to drive all the way to the bar and then drive drunk home. Um, so... Like rec rooms and sunrooms and, you know, like you mentioned, the basement or whatever, they turned into bars. And plus, uh, mixing a drink, building that out is, if if you imbibe, right, if your friends imbibe, if there are people there that imbibe, it can be like a party activity Mm -hmm. all its own. Yeah. Right? And I also think of it. Not all, not as much now, but in my younger, more partying days, of like having, and like this is the the punch or this is the mixed drink pre made in the same way that I would think about putting out snacks, right? Sure. Or like having stuff to eat and be like, and now I've made. I'm a very I'm a old school host in that way, raised by my mom who was raised by her mom. And that idea of like, here's, you know, the like the finger food section, right? And then we sit down to eat and this and here's the dessert section, and here's the drink section, right? Right. Uh, this is the time where bar carts became popular in offices as well. Now that I don't know yeah. how I feel about. I mean, it gave it gave a certain I, I don't know. Like, think about Mad Men, right? I always do. You always do. That's it, not true. I watched the first episode and I said, I see where this is a good show. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It hurts me so much to watch it. But it gives it gives a kind of gravitas feel to the business meeting, right? The idea of, like, people in the boss's office, like, on the couch holding cocktails, doesn't that make you think about... Like, just the world of business and how it's terrible. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing, right? This is, yes, when I think about, like, 50s, 60s, 70s offices, right? Yes. This idea of, like, I've got a barcode, I'm a a cool, suave, you can trust me dude, right? Nowadays, right, if I, like, had a meeting with, like, a lawyer or something, and they, like, in the middle of the meeting— pulled a bottle of bourbon or whiskey or scotch or whatever from their desk and started making themselves a cocktail, I'd be like, dude, it's 2 p.m. Yeah. And we're in the middle of talking about, like, my will. What are you doing? It's a different time. But, I mean, just like we said in, like, plays and stuff, it's all over plays, yeah. right? It it gives a vibe to the scene that you're in, and it tells you about the characters, sure. and it also tells you about... um the trajectory of the show, right? Like in Agatha Christie shows, when people are, you know, they're scared, 
they go to the bar cart. Well, because for, for a while in Agatha Christie, it's medicinal, right? Yes. Like they're like, she's had a shock. Get her some brandy. Right? It's Indeed. like, whoa, okay. Right? So you have to, ha- you, you have it. Not ladies getting crunk. And it gives a vibe to the show. Yeah. Um, okay, so bar carts alone did pretty well up until the 70s. Well, a bar cart alone, you need a person to use it, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. And in the 70s, this is when the hangout space happened, mm-hmm. right? When you think about house parties, you go to the house that has the bar. And you get the conversation pit. That Ooh, sunken area. Yeah. Hey, folks at home, um, if you don't know what a conversation pit is, look up. It's weird. It's an interesting design. It's a very specific design choice from like the 60s and 70s, where it was like a part of the floor was just lowered down like mm, a foot or two. So it was like, and this is where we sit and talk? Yeah, you could kind of like step down and the, there was no like centerpiece, right? Yeah. To be able to just see all the way around it. Conversation pit. Anyway. Um, and then... Uh, by the 80s in the U.S., it was it was kind of like, that's what our parents did. Right. We right? do drugs. <laughs> or we want to go out, right? Sure. We want to go to the clubs. We want to go to the parties. And I'm not saying that, like, 70s, like, disco was a whole thing, right? But, like, it got to the point where it was no longer cool and hip. Right. Really. It was what your parents did, right? Sure. Um, but... Plenty of people nowadays have like um, home bar setups, either indoors or outdoors. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to set up in your backyard mm-hmm. to have a little little bar area, even if it's just your bar cart and a table and some chairs. Yeah. Right. And if you go on Pinterest, uh, is Pinterest still a thing? People still talk about yeah, Pinterest? Sure. Why would, yeah. You can see the whole gambit, right? All the way from... What I described to someone making their own, quote, dive bar in their basement. Right? Or I've seen as wild as like people building like street scenes in their basements. It's like rich people who, uh, let's just say, maybe uh, touching money too much. It's like poison <laughs> their brains. And they're like, I'm going to build like an old timey street. And this is like the movie theater that we go in. And this is the bar that you go in. And over here, this is like the clothing shop. And that's where I hang up all my clothes. And it's like, hey, man, you could have scaled that down and maybe uh, donated some money to some people. Think about it. So when making your own at home bar. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear about it. But first, how about a word from some other Max Fun shows? Hey, Max Fun listeners, this is Cameron Esposito. I'm a stand-up comic, actor, writer, best-selling author, and podcaster. I got a great show called Query, where I interview LGBTQ plus luminaries across, oh, a bunch of fields. People in entertainment, astronauts, musicians, rock stars. I am bringing the show to Maximum Fun. You can listen right now, and I am so happy to be on this network. We have new episodes out every Monday. You can listen at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's official. Max Fun has become a co-op. We're now a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you. 
Thanks to supporters and listeners like you, MaxFun will always be a place where employees have a say. Thanks to you, shows can continue to partner with an independent, values-driven network. Thanks to you, we're able to carry on our commitment to our shows and the community we've grown together. Learn more about what becoming a co-op means for us and you at MaximumFun.org co-op. That's MaximumFun.org C-O-O-P. So, when making your own at-home bar. I think that space is the first, like, like... That's the theme I like, too, baby. (laughs) It's like Star Wars Cantina. You get a weird alien bartender in there. What? Everything's blue. I'm talking about physical space, like the container in which you are going to keep your body and the bar cart. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's not as fun... As getting drunk with Chewbacca, but okay. <laughs> you need to figure out what you're working with, right? Do you have a, a full on-counter bar in the corner of your basement, right? Do you maybe have a wet bar, right? That means that it has, been dried up. has a sink. Ah. Um, or are you just, just a bar cart? I mean, I remember when we lived in L.A., we had a single little cart shelf. It was very thin and very small. Um but that was where we displayed the bottles that we liked to look Indeed. at. Um, and so, but you can make it work, right? Um, the next thing you need to consider is do you, what do you want to specialize in? Ooh. Okay. Do you want to be slinging fancy gin drinks for your best friends? Or are you into maybe a craft beer situation that's more suited for a beer fridge and some fun mugs? You can also, uh, this day and age, uh, get things like kegerators, right? And stuff oh, where yeah. it's like you I've get the keg those. and then it has the tap built into it. If you only want to serve one type of beer, I think that's a great idea. Or there are a lot of home brewers. Oh, yeah. Who do it themselves and, and serve their own beer. And then this goes with what you were talking about, um, the, the fancy street that the rich, rich people build. What kind of vibe do you want? Right? Do you want like a, a what? What are they doing? Are they okay? <laughs> Who cleans this kind of vibe? I was thinking more like, do you want to make it like an outdoor situation oh. with like, like you said, like the the dried grass and make it look kind of tiki ish. Mm-hmm. Do you want like neon signs and red bar stools? Well, I think I'm like everybody um, on the planet in that I want to recreate the house in the underground from Blast from the Past, the Brendan Fraser movie, where he and Christopher Walken and, oh no, I can't remember the mom's name, uh, live underground in this, and it really exists in Las Vegas, and I want to visit it very badly. If I could recreate that as a bar, I mean, that's my dream. Okay. Uh, But I need to get the amount of money <laughs> that these people building street scenes have. So I've decided to embezzle. <laughs> and now I don't know how embezzling works. I don't know what it is or where to get it. But first step, deciding to do it. Okay. Second step, learn how to do it. Third step, what you need in your home bar. Okay. Um, and regardless of what you want to have, whether it's a, an entire street scene underground. Thank you. Um, or a small backyard setup, you ha- need some tools. Those include bottle openers and corkscrews. Sure. You can't drink it if you can't open a bottle. That's beautiful. Uh, Stainless steel cocktail shaker and strainer. If you're going to do cocktails, you need to have a way to do it that's not going to get the cocktail all over everywhere. Now, listen, there's two different kinds of shakers. Okay. Uh, There's the shaker, uh, like, that has the strainer on top. Mm -hmm. And I think it's called, like, a Boston shaker, where it's, like, a glass 
uh, a glass glass and a metal and you shake it together like that. And then you just kind of crack the seal a little bit and create a small opening. But you can also through. get a to- uh, like a topper for the glass that you can strain through. Yeah, I recommend having both. Yeah. Right. Oh, the it's the um, there's the one that has like the metal cap on it. Right. That yeah. You open. I I I prefer to have uh, the metal cap if you're doing something like a martini. Right? Because um, I think it looks good. Like. Mm-hmm, it looks good. But either one works. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, you need shot glasses or jiggers to measure pours, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you are making cocktails, the ratios actually matter, mm-hmm. right? We're not we're not talking about like vodka out of coffee mugs. And listen, not just because we're like, oh, don't drink too much. You shouldn't drink too much. But also, if you're making like a fancy cocktail, the uh, ratio of stuff to stuff changes the flavor. Exactly. Changes, like, it's like a recipe at that point. And just being like, I don't know, man, like this, you could end up with something that's like, oh, that's way too bitter. Or that's yeah. way too And I feel like or... if you are like a professional bartender or what do they call it? Mixologist or whatever, right? A barista. A <laughs> You you get good enough that you can, like, with those um, little pourers. Yeah, you can time it. You can time it. You can get the feel for it. But that is after making thousands of drinks. Yes. Right? There's also, so a lot of cocktail recipes, um, you can also just get a vibe of parts. Mm-hmm. Right? So it'll be, like, two parts of this to one part of that. I mean, it's two of something and one of something. So, like, it doesn't have to be, like you said, you could use, like, shot glasses. You could use, if you're making, like, a big pitcher of mixed drinks, right, you can use larger things. Uh, just make sure you're following the right ratios. Right. You need mixing glasses and spoons and a cutting board complete with a peeler, juicer, and paring knife. Because if you're making a classy cocktail, you want to put a little... Little class on the rim. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Okay. So for glassware, this is the absolute bare minimum, right? You can always, always find more. It's recommended that you have a coupe glass, which is a really great multitasker. It's a stemmed cocktail glass with a round bowl. Um, Think martini, but not so angular, Mm -hmm. right? It looks like a very shallow wine glass, right? Yeah, wider, a little bit wider and more shallow. Which uh, will work for champagne. It's not recommended. We've talked about that. But it will work for champagne and martinis and margaritas and, you know, makes things look fancy for sure. Um, And it's a little more spill proof than the typical very angled martini glass, Mm. right? Um, and you'll need Collins glasses, which are the tall, skinny, straight glasses, because mm-hmm. they are great for drinks that require to be over ice, mm-hmm. right? A because tonic, mojito, uh, lots of different things. Tom like Collins, obviously, yeah. and then Palomas and things like that, right? Um, and then Rocks glasses, which are the short ones. Um, and they are great for serving things neat or obviously on the rocks. Or if you have um, a cocktail that is meant to be kind of like... I don't want to say a small cocktail, but you know what I mean, where like it doesn't have a lot of parts. It's yeah. maybe like like an old fashioned. And we're going to talk about that. The other mixers that you need, you need a carbonated mixer, something like soda water or Coke or ginger ale. So be careful about what you get with your mixer, right? Okay. Because there's a big difference 
between tonic water and soda yes, water. Yes. There's a big difference between ginger ale and ginger beer. There's a big difference, right? So, like, this, these kinds of things of, like, if you get a vodka soda, right, mm-hmm. it's not vodka and Sprite. <laughs> it's vodka and soda water, right? And, like, nowadays there's also, uh, you can get, uh, like, tonic water that has lime in it, right? Or you can get... Uh, stuff that's like sweeter or flavored or, you know, an elderflower tonic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just make sure uh, you like are looking at the label of what you're getting and not just like grabbing something off the shelf because you saw the word tonic on it. Make sure that you're getting tonic water or you're getting whatever. Uh, and then if you're going to if you're going to do it, you already have your peeler and your cutting board or whatever. You need to get something for your garnishes, uh, limes, oranges, lemons, things like that. Um a lot, a lot, a lot of cocktails need either bitters, grenadine, or sweet and sour, right? Um, what? Sweet and sour. Oh, you mean like sweet and sour mix? Okay, not like sweet and sour sauce. No, <laughs> no, that's different. Uh, which is okay. So, and you can make your own with um, lemon juice, lime juice, sugar, and water, right? So it's like the simple syrup. Oh, that's that another one. Make. make simple syrup. Ahead of time, because it's something you have to like boil the water into and then let the water cool down. But you could put that into like a squirt bottle and it lasts like I think a month or something. It lasts a pretty long time. So go ahead and make like a container of that ahead of time because a lot of cocktails call for simple syrup. Another one that uh, if you're planning on doing some of the classics we're going to talk about in a second, you might need triple sec. Sure. Um, Okay, so here are the liqueurs, and then I promise we will get to some delicious cocktails. Here are the foundational liquors. Vodka, tequila, rum, whiskey, gin. Yes. I would would recommend bourbon because that's what I like, but... I would also recommend bourbon. Scotch, okay, scotch is different. Scotch mixes different and tastes different. Yeah. So, like, don't get scotch as whiskey... Right, scotch is its own thing, mm-hmm. but bourbon versus whiskey. Okay, now here's what I would also say when oh, we wow. talk about any of these if you are getting them for cocktail liquors, do not think you need to get like the most expensive version. Middle, middle shelf yeah. will be just fine yeah. because you're going to put other stuff in it, right. right? So I wouldn't, I mean, you don't need to get like bottom shelf stuff because who, who wants unless that? You want, unless you're like, oh yeah, listen, I barely like these people. This is what I'm doing, <laughs> right? That's fine. But middle will be just fine for Yeah, these. get what you can afford, right? Don't, don't, don't break the bank to buy cocktail thing. And if like, if you have a bottle where you're like, this is my like nice bottle that I splurged on for, don't put that out with your cocktail stuff, right? Keep that, I don't know, locked in a safe or That's whatever you want to do. Right. Just for the fun drinking alone times? Um, Similarly, similarly, um, so gin is a wide variety of flavor, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, basically vodka plus botanicals, right? So you can get a lot of different flavor profiles from gin. And so, in my opinion, some gins work better for some... Don't say vodka plus botanicals. Say distilled spirit. Distilled spirit plus botanicals. But some gins like are more flowery. Some are more... Uh, like cucumber, like Hendrix has a real like cucumber vibe to it, right? And some have a bit of a um, herby mm-hmm. undertone to it. And so, like, know what kind of gin you like and what kind of cocktails you're going to be making um, before you you do it. Same oh. with rum. Oh yeah, there's okay. dark rum, there's light rum, and there's like silver white rum, 
right? And they have completely different, like they go with different drinks, right? Like if you're going to make a dark and stormy, you need dark rum to go with that. If you're going to make, uh, I think it's like pina colada, it's like light rum or white rum with like a floater of dark rum on top, if you want that. Uh, some Same thing with the daiquiri, which we're yeah. going to talk about. So five cocktails you should know how to make. The first one is a Cosmo. Uh, this was made very popular um, by Sex in the City, sure. right? Um, some say that it was the fifth character on the show. No, New York is the fifth character. <laughs> the city is the fifth character. Then it's the fashion. Then it's the taxis. Then it's Jared. Then Wait. it's the Cosmo. All right. Anyway, uh, it was actually... It predates it, obviously. Um, and Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice for a while actually had a recipe printed on the back uh, for Cosmo, and they called it the Harpoon. Okay. So it is two ounces of vodka, half ounce triple sec, Grand uh, Marnier or Contro, three quarter ounce of cranberry juice, one fourth to one half ounces of fresh lime. You fill the cocktail shaker with ice, then you add the vodka, the triple sec, the cranberry, and the lime juice. Shake it for about 30 seconds and then strain into a martini glass. Or if you've followed our advice, you have the coupe glass. Um, and then you can garnish it with an orange peel. If sure. you're very fancy, you learn how to twist those. I don't sure. know how to do that. It's well, not hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so the next one is a classic margarita. Not a frozen margarita, but sure. the, the original. Uh, this is one and a half ounces of tequila, an ounce of triple sec, and then three quarter ounces of lime juice. Okay. This is one where you would want to rim the glass with cocktail salt. Uh, you can use a margarita glass, of course, but the rocks glass also works for this. Sure. Um, combine all your ingredients into a cocktail shaker with about four or five ice cubes. Strain into the glass and then add ice until liquid reaches the top. Uh, here's here's a little fun fact about this. Oh, please. It uh, has a contested origin. Oh. So a couple of those theories. One is that a restaurateur named Danny Herrera made the drink in his Tijuana restaurant in the 30s or 40s uh, for one of his favorite employees, Marjorie King. Uh, she was a showgirl at the place and didn't really like cocktails, but she did like tequila. So he began experimenting with different concoctions until he landed on the margarita. And he, I mean, her name was Marjorie, but he named it margarita because Spanish, right? Sure. Another fun one is that a, an American socialite named Margarita Sames created the drink for her fancy friends at one of her many parties. Uh, and one of her fancy friends happened to be Tommy Hilton, who added the drink to the bar menu at his hotels, which then made the cocktail an international favorite. Sure. Who knows, right? But it's not that frozen stuff. No. That's not a real margarita. It's fine if you like it. It's just a different thing. It's a different thing. All right. Another one that is often served slushied is the daiquiri. Sure. Uh, and this one is the rum that you talked about. So that's one and a half ounces of light rum, three-quarter ounce of lime juice, half to a three-quarter ounce of simple syrup, whichever one you like. Um, and then this, again, is in the cocktail shaker with ice and strain into the coupe glass. Uh, you can play with this recipe a lot, right, depending upon what you like. You can do any other fruit for the lime juice. Uh, strawberry is very popular, sure. right? Um, and here's one of the, the origin stories, fun facts. 
is it was one of Ernest Hemingway's favorite drinks, uh, especially when he was in Havana. Sure. And um, there's even a very special recipe credited to Hemingway, uh, which involves maraschino liqueur and grapefruit juice. Okay. I, uh, in general, try not to emulate (laughs) him in any way, but that's cool, except for his love of six-toed cats. Other than that... What? Oh, yeah. So he, like, adopted a bunch, like, anytime he was had, like, a fascination with cats. With, it's a... Uh, Peridactyl. Yeah. And so he ended up, like, on his estate having all these cats, and then they would, like, have babies, and the babies would have six cats, and there's just all these six-toed cats running around on uh, Hemingway's estate. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. At least that's what I've heard. Okay. I haven't researched it, because I don't care enough. Okay. All right. Old fashioned. We talked about this uh, a little bit earlier. So this one is two ounces of bourbon or whiskey, half ounce of simple syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and then an orange peel or a cherry for garnish. I like orange peel better. I do too. Um, And you make it in the glass. So this one doesn't require a shaker. So you put ice in the rocks glass, add bitters, simple syrup, and stir. Then you top it with your favorite bourbon and stir for about 30 seconds. So the alcohol gets a little chilled and also dilutes a little bit. Yeah. Um, And then you can put your garnish on. And if you're really fancy, (gasps) you can light your orange peel with the match and drop it in the drink to give it a more smoky flavor profile. Now, I will also say... Uh, now, don't. Hey, listen, if you're a mixologist, don't correct me. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these, and granted, it won't be as fancy or as fresh, and you might end up, I don't know, whatever. But a lot of these cocktails you could make ahead of time in a pitcher and then pour over ice, yes. right? Or you could have them almost finished add the liquor and then pour over or whatever, you know, add they the They even like, make some really great already made cocktails of these. Uh, we have had a couple of different old fashions uh, cocktail, like pre-mix. It even has, it even has the whiskey in it mm-hmm. and you can buy it. And I really like those. Maybe you don't. No, I mean, I, I, I that like face. That face tells me that you don't. I like to uh, do it myself, <laughs> but if you're like, yeah, I'm having like 40 people over and I don't want to be sitting there bartending all day. Yes. And I don't want people to be asking like, and what do I put in it? What? And now what? All day. You could mix up batches of stuff, right? And then have it uh, there for it to go. Yes. Right? Like, Martini, you can mix up like a picture of Martini, a big shake of Martini's. <laughs> And then add the ice and then shake. But anyways, go on. Uh, or don't. So here's the, the origin story. The Old Fashioned is actually a really great name for this cocktail because it's one of the oldest cocktail recipes. Legend has it that it dates all the way back to 1880 uh, when James E. Peppery, a master whiskey distiller, created the drink uh, during a visit to the Waldorf Astoria. Sure. In New York. We've been there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think we stayed there. But no, I think we walked past and pushed our noses up against the window. No, didn't we go in for a drink? I think we did. Yeah, I think we yeah, did. Yeah, I think we did. It took a long time. They had a beautiful bar. Yeah. Anyway, it was okay. was a slow bartender. It's okay. <laughs> here's the next one. The martini. You've talked about it a couple times, but here's the thing. Two ounces of gin, one ounce of vermouth, an olive or lemon for garnish. 
You That's like, basic version. You like yours very dirty. I like it as dirty as they come. <laughs> uh, but that sounds just like, just like yes. olive juice. So uh, fill a cocktail shaker. Did you say gin or vodka? Gin. Okay. Um, this is the... The standard. The standard, yes. Fill a cocktail shaker partway with ice, add gin, and vermouth. Stir vigorously with a cocktail spoon. For 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Strain into a chilled martini or coupe glass and garnish with your green olive or lemon. Now. Can I tell you the right way to make it? Wait a minute. Here's the thing. The advice is do not shake it if you're using gin because it will bruise the gin. Which means that you're going to knock little chunks of ice off. And end up with watered down gin. So here's how you're really gonna make it. Oh, all okay, right. First, you get your uh, get your uh, your martini glass. Right. You're gonna fill it with ice and water. Right. And then it's gonna sit there off to the side. Then you're gonna add the ice to the shaker. You're gonna add the vermouth to the ice. Swirl it around and then strain out the vermouth. You just want a light coating of vermouth on the ice. Then you're gonna add your gin to it. I like Monkey 47. I've heard it referred to as the whiskey lover's gin, and I couldn't agree more. You add your gin to it, right? Then you stir. Now you're going to dump the water and ice out of your martini glass. You got this nice chilled glass. Now you're going to strain that into there. Me, I like two blue cheese stuffed olives and a martini uh, uh, little onion uh, with as much olive juice as I can fit in the glass. That's just me. But you want to have a little snack in there. Okay. I and love it. And then you drink it all in one gulp. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> also, do you put? Do you like to have your olives and onion skewered? Or, oh, yeah. Or do you like them to just with roll them like around a, in the bottom? I want a tiny little fencing foil that I can <laughs> debate with Well, people. then definitely don't drink it in one gulp because you, you yeah. stab yourself. No, though I think I have seen that in cartoons. Where they dig out and then like spit out the toothpick. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't, that's not real. Though. That's not real. That's a cartoon. Don't do that in real life. But I'll tell you what is real life. My gratitude for our researcher Alex, without whom we could not make this show. My gratitude for our editor Rachel, without whom we could not make the show. My gratitude for our listeners. We wouldn't make the show without you. There, I said we it. absolutely wouldn't. And my gratitude for you, my wife, my co-host, my friend. Oh yeah! I'm thankful you, for you too. You didn't know I was gonna go sincere. I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. Uh, we also want to say, uh, make, get get some great merch at macromerch.com. Ten percent um, of all the proceeds from merch from July are going to go to uh, World Central Kitchen, which uses the power of food to nourish communities and strengthen economies through times of crisis and beyond. We got some uh, candles over there, which is new for us. Go check those out. Uh, also, we got uh, some tour dates coming up next week. I'm going to be in San Diego doing uh, My Brother, My Brother, Me, and Adventure Zone during San Diego Comic-Con. And coming up, uh, we got some shows in Seattle. Uh, we're going to be there August 31st and September 1st. And we're going to be at New York Comic-Con August 12th and 13th. Find out all the details about those at macroy.family. And then just go to appearances. Or I think it's bit.ly slash tours. 
What else? What do we always say? Well, we always thank Brent Brentlefloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, we are always taking topic submissions. Please email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com, and say hi to Alex because she reads every single one. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.